morning, everyone. Just a reminder that uh, December holds the, the wonderful celebration of Christ's birth. Now, we really don't know when he was born, but we do know that the three magi came riding into Bethlehem on December 25th. It's kind of exciting. Someone will say, where is that in the Bible? Well, there is no statement in the Bible, but we know God is the God of creation. He created all things, amen? And he is the perfect mathematician, and the stars are in per perfect mathematical form in regards to their orbits around the sun and within the context of the galaxies. And so we find that NASA has used what others who had done it by their brain, they created computers that can actually simulate where planets and stars will be at any day of any year at any time. And they have recently discovered that, in fact, on December 25th, the Bethlehem star did come to a stop and held over Bethlehem. That's powerful. That's exciting. And this is the time of the year that we remember that wise men or magi, those who recognized God's Old Testament uh, calling of the gospel plan, would send his son, and they went and they bowed down and worshipped him. You can read that in the scriptures, of course, Matthew in chapter 2. What a beautiful picture we have there. So what are we going to give to Jesus this year? Full worship, full allegiance, full yieldedness of our hearts. That would be my prayer for myself and, of course, for the brethren as well. So, welcome to December. Let's take a look at a couple great uh, words of encouragement this morning. I think that's awesome. In uh, really great handwriting, Mr. D, your message was awesome and encouraging. Great job. Now, I know this is one of the brag boys, but I don't know which one. Ty? Okay, there you go. Ty. All right, there we go. Uh, Mr. D, I like it when you step up and speak the word of God. Max better than stepping down and preaching the word of God, right? Stepping up. All right. <laughs> Mr. D, I loved your prayer, Max. All right. Let's give it up for Mr. D. He's the star. Woo! All the world forsake you, the brag boys will not. Isn't that great? <laughs> Song, something like that. Samuel... Uh, one more amazing quality in addition to all the rest you're well known for and loved for is your generosity and hospitality. Thank you for giving of yourself like Christ with great joy and cheerfulness. And I'm thinking that's during the... Um... Oh, gingerbread. I was thinking pumpkin spice. Gingerbread uh, party. That was a great time. Let's give it up for Tamara. Where is Tamara? Oh, there she is. Wow, okay. I got a magazine yesterday at the store that says how to improve your memory. I can't remember what store it was, but I'm excited I got that magazine. <laughs> Violet, I hope you had a birthday as beautiful and amazing as you are. There you go, right back there, right next to Mr. Levi. Woohoo! There you go. We'll get it figured out. Just a few more weeks and we got it all dialed in. Here we go. 
Justine, you're such a joy to be around, and you give amazing hugs. Get up for Justine. Woohoo! All right, Max, this one's for you. Max, you bring a great energy and enthusiasm wherever you go. Keep being a light for Christ. Let's get up for Max. And finally, Tamara, you are so encouraging and supportive. Thank you for opening your home and heart in the service of the King. Let's get up for Tamara once again. I've been charged with the task of preaching uh, back east, and the title of my sermon I've been told I'm going to preach is Preparation for Spiritual Warfare. And so I've called a couple uh, people who have soldiered before. One of them actually has been given the MOS by the military of training soldiers uh, both mentally and physically to engage in combat. And I called them this morning. And I said, what's the, the number one thing for mental strength and courage in the middle of warfare, in the middle of the thick of battle, the firefight? And he shared some great things with me. But you know what one of the best things he shared was? Is that it's not about remembering God and country. It's not about remembering mom and apple pie and the American flag. He said... You know, those men who are able to survive and thrive, even when they have been, he said, mortally wounded, yet still fighting until they pass, is that they're more concerned about their comrade, comrades with them that they're willing to continue to sacrifice so that they won't suffer. Does that sound like anybody you know? Now this guy is contracted by the, the military, and he said the best thing that anyone can do is to learn to sacrifice themselves for others that they're close to. Does that sound like any charge that Jesus has given to somebody like us? He recognizes, as humans have figured out, unfortunately, in the, the throes of war, that that's really what's going to make us successful when there is such overwhelming crush come against the church. If you're not investing yourself in the body of Christ, but you're investing yourself in yourself, then when the crush comes, you're not going to be there for other people. You won't have the courage to fight for those whom you are fighting with to destroy the devil. Man, that was powerful. That's the message that I'm going to share next Lord's Day morning. But in my working, I, uh, I'm going to, when I come back, I'm doing the adult Bible class to finish out December. So I'm going to be talking about those things. How do we prepare ourselves to fight the good fight of faith? Preparation for fighting the good fight of faith. So that we stand and deliver, regardless of how things are in our lives going to stand and deliver for Christ and our brothers and sisters. That's powerful. And so, I've been charged also too to preach the word in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. 
And I know some people have not liked it and haven't stayed, but I'm so thankful for you. You still put up with me. <laughs> and I pray that I will always, first and foremost, please the Lord Jesus Christ in what I teach. And that I would teach that which is going to best equip you for the great call that we have in Christ Jesus. All right, so this morning we have a couple of announcements. If you haven't gotten your bulletin yet, or excuse me, your calendar, the calendars are right out front, so I'd encourage you to grab one of those if you haven't. Also, too, there's an exciting ladies' Christmas party coming up, uh, ladies' exclusive, and it's coming up on the 14th, December 14th, 6 to 8 at Mrs. Park's Place. Sounds like finger food dessert potluck is going to be going on. And then I'm so excited about this, I'll keep promoting it until uh, it happens. Uh, if I don't make it back, if something happens to the plane, will someone eat my fair share of the charcuterie board Christmas? Wouldn't that be great? In memory of Bill. <laughs> Man, I'm, I want to make it back. <laughs> anyway, so December 17th, I got choked up. December 17th, 5.30, here. Gifts if you want, ugly sweater if you want, but bring that wonderful charcuterie board stuff, and uh, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a good time. All right, any other announcements? I don't have any birthday parties this week. Any other announcements? Assembly at the parks. I'm sorry? It's the parks month. Thank you. Uh, evening assemblies, uh, both Sunday and Wednesday, will be at the parks place. So there we go. All right, any other questions before we start? Okay, let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, I'm thankful. Thankful, Father, to be in service. Uh, thankful, Father, to be in service for and through your son, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for these sweet brothers and sisters in Christ to continue to labor, Father, in service uh, in your church. Father, I pray that you would help us to learn to love each other more, uh, to draw near to one another to pray for one another consistently because as you pray for someone, you're invested in their life. As you come alongside and help them with their needs, you're investing in their lives. And Father, really it's, it's community, the community of Christ, the family, your family, that's really going to survive and thrive in this world at this time and in the days to come. Father, I would pray that you'd help us to learn from your scriptures as your son Jesus Christ proclaimed that church oftentimes finds itself having influences upon some of the members that would cause the whole uh, to struggle. I pray that you would help each one of us to make a decision that we're going to be that strong one for our brothers and sisters, that we'll live the life of Christ for our brothers and sisters, just like Jesus did. Help us to be examining ourselves all the time. Help, help us to realize that the nature of idolatry, spiritual idolatry, spiritual adultery, oftentimes uh, comes with self-deception. And so, Father, help us to study your word, to know that our hearts are pure before you based upon the word and not upon our opinion or thought of ourselves. I pray this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Let's turn to the, the gospel or the book of Revelation and chapter 2. And I want to take a begin in verse 18. We're looking at the church at Thyatira. And uh, Jesus has much good to say about that church. 
But again, there are some who have allowed themselves to kind of be pulled into the culture and they're bringing that culture back into the church. We'll take a look here at verse 18 down through the close of the chapter. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze says this, I know your deeds and your love and your faith and service and perseverance and that your deeds are of late are greater than at first. But I have this against you that, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and she teaches and leads uh, my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her uh, into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with pestilence, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they call them, I place no other burden on you, Nevertheless, what you have holds fast until I come. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. And I also have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says in the churches. Well, in your lesson plans from last week, I hope you kept them. I want to jump down to what Jesus knows about this church. Jesus knows every thought. Jesus knows every motive. Jesus sees every action. He hears every word. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that statement belongs to you and I. He knows our deeds. He knows our love. He knows our faith. He knows our service. And he knows our perseverance, both as a church body, but also as individuals. Now that should be very exciting for those who are striving to grow their faith and striving to overcome the sin which so easily entangles, as the scripture says. Those who are working hard to fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. And I want to begin this morning by taking a look at this statement, your deeds. I would share with you there's only two kinds of deeds that are spoken of in this passage of scripture. The first ones are the deeds of this woman called Jezebel. And those are deeds of immorality and idolatry. But notice at the very end, take a look at this statement. And I want you to hold on to this thought. Verse 26. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds will be victorious. Notice my deeds is talking about the deeds 
or the actions, the life manifested by Jesus Christ. And so, you know, when we talk about manifesting the truth, manifesting the character of Jesus Christ, that's what these people were doing. And here's what I really love about it, is Jesus says, not only are you manifesting my character qualities in serving other people, but you're growing ever greater in the manifestation of those, as he says here, in regards to growing ever greater. So the deeds of Jesus Christ. Might I suggest that he also talks about motives here, the motive of love. That word love is the love of God. What drove Jesus to go to the cross? What drove Jesus to live a holy and blameless life? His love for you as an individual. His love for you as an individual. He knew you in your mother's womb, the Bible says. He knit you together. Unique, individual, priceless in your mother's womb. He gave you the personality that you have. He gave you the, 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 the strengths that you have. And with strengths you know there comes weaknesses. Because if you're strong in one area, oftentimes in an opposite area you might be weak. Like I'm strong and driving towards a goal, but I'm a little bit weak when it comes up to being a little bit merciful and compassionate. And, and many of you have seen I'm growing in, in compassion, but that isn't in me necessarily. I was always a kid that ran over other kids if they didn't get out of my way. I mean, even when I was a little kid, it was just that way. My mom used to tell me, slow down. You're running kids over. I know. You know, it's just kind of sad. But the reality is, is that with these great strengths that he's given us, he wants us to use those, but then rely upon others, brothers and sisters in Christ, who can fill in where that weakness is. See, none of us are a rock. None of us are an island all by ourselves. That's why God built this beautiful thing called family. And then he built another family, the physical family, to be the image of of the true family, his family. And so it's important for us to recognize these people in this city were doing a great job, these Christians, the, the majority of them were doing a great job. And it says here that they were faithful with the faith of Jesus Christ. You can't produce the, the actions and the deeds of Jesus Christ without his convictions without his absolute trust in God and his conviction on what is true and to live that, you can't produce that life without the love and without the faith of Jesus Christ. It's impossible. And then notice, I know your service. Look, turn with me to the book of Hebrews in chapter 6. Hebrews in chapter 6. I just love this passage of scripture in regards to the, the service of uh, uh, the saints. Notice in chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Notice the writer of Hebrews 6, uh, verse 9 says, But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you, and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered, served, and in still ministering, still serving the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence 
in ministering and serving so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you would not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God will not forget your selfless acts of service driven by the, the love and the faith of Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. So when you invest yourself, you go, man, I don't know if anybody's really getting anything. I'm just giving, 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 giving. I don't know if anybody's noticing. God notices every thought, every word, every deed, every motive, and he's not going to forget one of them. Not one. I don't know about you, but that's terribly exciting for me. For some, it's just terrible. But that's exciting. When you think about it, you invest yourself, and it doesn't seem like anything's coming back to you. Guess what? God sees and knows. And he will, because he promised, he will greatly reward you. Now, he says also, too, your perseverance. I'm going to get more down into the perseverance a little bit later in the lesson, but that word perseverance is awesome. I can't wait to get there to describe it. We'll get there at the end because that's how we make it to the finish line to receive those great rewards. But, but Jesus now says, I want to warn you of something. You, your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance are absolutely awesome. They are as I am and ever-growing. Man, this church was filled with some awesome men and women in Christ. But, but the influences of that city has caused, caused some compromise in some of those folks. You know, if, if your income was based upon you following the party line in a union then Brian Bragg, if I did that when I was at Willamette High School, would not be here. Because I always had a Bible in my briefcase, and I always had a kind word, motivated by the love of God, in the hopes that someday someone might desire to know later on. See, in every place that we live, we should live first for Jesus. And if there is some standard in the world that says you can't do this or you can't do that that we're called to, well, guess who's the boss here? You may have two authorities. Who authority are you going to really answer to in the end? So it's important for us to realize that in this place, there were a lot of what we would call unions or guilds for different kinds of uh, uh, work, such as silversmiths. Now, what do you think silversmiths or people that worked in metals would do a lot of back in that day? I'm sorry? Idols. Idols. And what if you're in that guild and, and you come to the realization that, you know what, I, I not ought, should, ought not to be doing this. You're, there's going to come a day when there's going to come a decision that needs to be made. And that's kind of a terrifying thing. 
Now, there's some things that I've been thinking of recently in my own life with what I see kind of unfolding in our country where I may be in that place. Now, I'm not in a union anymore, thank goodness, but where I served before I was, and that may come back later on, that I'm going to have to make a choice. And so it's important for us to recognize and realize that there was a lot of pressure on these people to, to bend the knee to the teachings of Jezebel. Now, who was Jezebel? I don't know if there was an actual, literal woman named Jezebel in Thyatira. And I looked up a bunch of commentaries and nobody has a clue. They all go, well, I don't know if there was or not, and if she was, she's pretty bad to the bone because she was, but it's more like maybe this spiritual adultery and spiritual idolatry, and, and Jezebel is just the name for, you know, the, the creeping in and you know, honestly, I don't know. But you know what? I do know one thing. If you're a Jewish Christian, you would never name your kid Jezebel. I just know that. <laughs> Can you imagine? How many Christians go, hey, I named my, my daughter Jezebel. You know, it's a sweet name. It's got great images behind it. You serious? Have you read your Bible lately? Well, uh, it sounds like a cool name. It's not a cool name. I just can't see it. See? So, so I guess what I'm saying is, this, and again, no one really knows, but I'm tend, tending to the point of, you know, Jezebel was not a real individual woman who was nasty bad. I, I think it's talking about spiritual adultery and spiritual idolatry is what I believe it's talking about here. See? If we go back and look at that, read verse uh, 20 down through, what it, uh, let's see, verse uh, uh, 22. But I have this against you, that you tolerate, you put up with, tolerance can kill you, by the way, tolerance of the cultural norms that are so against the faith. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, obviously has to do with teachings, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray. So she teaches and influences the, the Christians to go astray uh, so that they commit acts of immorality and eat the things sacrificed to idols, uh, idol worship. I gave her time to repent. She does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her uh, into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with pestilence and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to to your deeds. I found it interesting when I went back and I looked up this woman Jezebel. There are some, there are some uh, character qualities here about Jezebel that might help us a little bit. So how many of you know who Jezebel was? She was the wife of what king? Ahab. She was a honey. Oh my goodness. You know, Ahab, Ahab was a true politician. You know what? When pressure, push comes to shove, He's always going to buckle to the greatest pressure, right? Well, uh, anyway, his, his honey was, man, she was bad to the bone. By the way, you know why he married her? She was a princess of a Sidonian king, and he wanted the commerce to be just flowing very smoothly between he and that pagan king. So what do you do? You marry his daughter. Okay. Political move. There it is. It's totally political, you know? And she's probably going, okay, well, if I have to do this thing, I'm going to get the most out of it. 
I don't know what her thoughts were, but we know they were evil to the bone. So you know what she did? She brought all the gods that she worshipped and introduced Ahab to those gods and he bowed the knee to Baal and put up all sorts of nasty, vile temples and totem poles. They're not called totem poles, Asherah of really gross, ugly, nasty, vile, sexual things. And they sacrificed their children to those gods. It's a sad thing to realize that the god of impropriety, the god of hedonism, pleasure, created a, uh, a law in the United States called Roe versus Wade and making abortion legal. So now you can take care of, of the what the inconvenience that takes place when you have lived a life of impropriety. You see, nothing's really changed. Humanity has not changed. The human heart is still what? Without the Lord, the human heart is corrupt and vile. And so we call it different things, but hedonism was one of the main religions. It's pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Do you think that's an idol today? They didn't call it hedonism there. They called it the worship of Baals back then. See, we need to recognize and understand that we might be embracing things in this culture that are absolutely opposed to what God has established as the standard. And so it's critical for us to be testing ourselves. What do we individually approve of that's okay? I'll give you an example. I was talking with a gentleman the other day, and you know, I was a little bit nervous about sharing this example, but it's a very easy example. Bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Is it legal? Is bankruptcy legal? Absolutely. Positively it's legal. Okay? But does that mean it's moral? According to God's standard? What's the answer? It's not moral according to God's standard, but it's legal according to the standards of man. So, it's really important for us to go, okay, so... You know, I need to be very, very careful when I enter into a business situation or when I enter into a, a debt obligation that I'm able to pay that. And if I can't pay that and I lose whatever I had the loan on, I need to pay that back if I'm going to be what? Lined up right with God. Now that's painful, isn't it? That's excruciatingly painful. And yet, many people find themselves in that situation, and now they have a choice. Notice, culture collides with the Christian faith. Do you think culture is colliding with the Christian faith now in regards to family? What do you think? Do you think culture is colliding now with virtue versus vileness? What do you think? Absolutely. It's, it's all over the place. And if we are not self-examining using the scriptures, 
then we might be ones who are influencing the brethren in the wrong direction. I, I desire to be a good influence. I, de I desire to inspire. See, it's so important for us. So that's why, why Jesus says, look, I've given time for, for her to repent. Isn't it beautiful that God gives time for people to repent, to change? By the way, until you expire, it's God's desire that you would repent. You individually. And then as a church, if we're struggling with some things that we have not addressed, we need to address those things. Now, what if we remain faithful? Let's talk about that in closing. You know where it says, hold fast to what I have shared with you until I come. The word perseverance up above, that they're growing ever greater in perseverance. The perseverance there could also be translated steadfast. And it means literally to be constant and cheerful in your endurance against evil. Constant, cheerful. I'm going to have a great attitude as I continue to live the standard. This church, by the way, was super powerful, but they had some influences that Jesus said, you need to take care of those. And as we read here in verse 24, but I say to the rest of you who are in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching and, and have not known the deep things of Satan as they call them, I place no other burden on you nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He was victorious. And he who keeps my deeds will be the ones that will be seated on the throne of authority with Jesus Christ. And we'll judge angels, it says. It says we'll judge the nations, it says. And it says that we'll be given the morning star. I have to be honest with you. You know, God says he's going to give me that position. He's going to give us that position. I'm not so interested in that position, honestly. I mean, I'll do it. If he calls me to do it, I'll do it joyfully. But I'm pretty excited about getting the morning star. Do you know what that's talking about? The morning star? Who, by the way, is the morning star? Who? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the morning star. Let's turn, in closing... To the book of Philippians. Philippians. Ah, oh, Philippians is such a great book. It's so super positive. What a great way to end. Chapter 3. Philippians in chapter 3. Paul says this in closing. Uh, I'm using it to close our lesson today. He says, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us, those who lived faithfully in service to Christ. For many walk of whom I often told you, now tell you even weeping that they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of, of our humble state 
into the conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. You know, it says in 1 John chapter 3, we are children of God and we don't know what we really are yet, but when he comes, we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. I don't know about you, but where it says we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, that means that we will turn into a blaze of glory. Glory like we've never seen, never known. Individually, we'll recognize each other in that amazing transformation. And that's being given the fullness of the morning star. We have the down payment right now, amen? The Holy Spirit, but we'll be transformed into the same image of glory, the fullness of glory when he comes. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm really living for that day. I'm living for that moment. I'm hoping I can hear the trumpets. And I can't wait till the last trumpet sounds and then there's a pause of silence and then boom, we all turn in his glory forever and ever. I don't get excited about that, but I really get excited. And that's for those who, what? Are living the deeds of Jesus by the love of Jesus, by the faith of Jesus, by the sacrificial service of Jesus, persevering until the end. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord God in heaven, we don't know what the future holds as we would thoughtfully and mindfully uh, look and see what man has done in the past and what man is doing now without you. It's pretty evident how things are going. And yet, Father, we live according to faith. You see, we don't live by our sight. We live by faith. And if we live by faith, we know for certain how our lives will end. When we cross from this life into the next, the angels will escort us home. And we'll await that day when we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Father, I'm excited for that day. I pray that you would help me and each one of us now, this day, to examine ourselves, to strive for the mark of that upward call in Christ Jesus, that we might live his life by his love, faith, service, and perseverance. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is silver, king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go get her done.